You're listening to In It Together, the podcast. I'm Arun Roth. Today is October 6, 2020. Coming up, if you could use a hug, you are not alone. A lot of people could, but in a pandemic where that hug could spread the virus, they're out of the question for many. But not at the Dwyer home. That's an independent senior living facility in Weymouth. We'll hear how they're allowing families to hug safely during this time. It's a nice, happy story, and we have all earned it. But first, let's run through the coronavirus headlines. 494 people are hospitalized because of the coronavirus. That's up by 21 from yesterday. Four hospitals are operating at their surge capacity. That's up by one from yesterday. The state's test positive rate stands at 1.1 percent. Meantime, 454 new cases have been reported, bringing the total number of cases to 133,359. Eight new deaths have also been reported, bringing that total to 9,393. There is a lot of ugliness and division in our country right now. Our airwaves are full of it. So I am so happy to share with you something that's simply lovely. Joining me to help me with this is Ken Strong. He's the administrator of the Dwyer Home, an independent living facility in Weymouth. Ken, thanks for joining us. Well, it's my pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity to tell our story. So before we we get into uh, the the lovely story, uh, tell us about the Dwyer Home. How many residents uh, live there? Uh, The Dwyer Home is a 50-bed skilled nursing facility that is attached to Faring Way, which is a 55-plus independent living apartments. So we are a skilled nursing home and we have 255 plus residents living in the other side. So we provide the long-term care for residents in the community. And I have to ask you, you know, nursing homes and assisted living facilities were were some of the hardest hit places uh, when when the pandemic was at its worst. Can you tell us how things were at at the Dwyer House, you know, through March, April and, and beyond? Yep, the, the Dwyer Home is very fortunate in that we have predominantly mostly private rooms, so that helped us control the infection spreading. We also added the addition of UV air filters on our rooftop, which then would purify the air coming into the, the building. And our maintenance crew was very creative, and we created our own positive pressure machines, which with residents that may have the virus or potentially virus, it, it takes away the, the air filtering and the uh, keeps them safer that way so they're not spreading droplets to other people. And in addition to that, we have high-end uh, chemicals that purify as much as possible, 99.9% of all our walls, floor spaces, rugs, um, doors, handles. So we're very c- concerned about keeping sanitation at a high level. All of our staff members wear masks. We have to go through a checklist each time we come in for a new shift. Our hands are sanitized, we take our temperatures, we wear masks. Um, we have a lot of PEE when we enter patients' rooms, which include gowns, masks, face shields, goggles. Uh, the big concern is that we want to be able to protect our employees because they're the ones caring for our residents. So we have a high priority on taking care of all of us so that we can continue to enjoy life as much as possible under these difficult conditions. It is very stressful. Um, and we're, we're managing that stress as best we can, knowing that when we go home in the day that we're COVID-free and 
each day that's our goal is to remain COVID free. Our staff members get tested twice a week uh, for COVID and uh, we all our staff will have flu shots. So we're doing all of the things that we can to prevent COVID from arising because as you probably know, the flu and COVID have similar signs and symptoms. So making going into the flu season is a bit daunting for us. So we're ultra vigilant in our infection control procedures. That, that's so great to hear how uh, how you're able to pull pull that together. Well, it, although you know, talking about personal protective equipment and uh, you know all all the unfortunate barriers uh, that, that, that social distancing and all those protocols set up kind of leads us to what we were going to talk about today. Tell us about this way you, you found to um, get past that, that barrier in a way. One of the things that we're concerned about is because of the social distancing, residents can't commingle. Our big concern was that we're lost, losing the ability of touch and we're all human beings we like to touch and that's very important for us and under COVID you know, everyone's wearing masks and gloves and there's kind of a social distancing. and we were concerned about um, patients getting depression and PTSD and those type of issues so I saw in an obscure journal I can't even remember the name of the journal about this hugging station that was designed using uh, plastic and PVC piping with a variety of holes in at different levels so you could residents and family members could hug each other so I took the picture down to our maintenance director and said can you build this and he said absolutely it took him a little while uh, it's been a great success for us uh, um, residents get to touch their loved ones family members they get to kiss through the plastic all of our residents have gloves that go from their fingertips up to their their shoulders as well as their family members after their 30-minute visit, then we sanitize the, uh, the plastic sheeting, and then the next family member comes in. And it's really been gratifying because I like my mother's in a nursing home, and I haven't been able to see her either. So I'm very tuned in to the sensitivity of not being able to visit your loved one. And when you get a chance to, to touch your mom or your husband or your father, it makes, makes it a big difference. We've had a lot of success. Family members get, get the chance to hug and, and touch their loved ones, and it's really it creates a lot of Kodak moments for me. I, I guess I'm showing my age when I say Kodak moments, but <laughs> the, the, the seeing the results of that, their smiles, and it's very hard to read people's faces with the mask. You can't tell whether they're smiling or happy or frowning. So we get very good at reading the the, the eyes and the windows to the world of the eyes. So it's really gratifying to see for something that was so inexpensive has brought such joy, not just to the residents and, and their family members, but also the staff gets to see a, a positive response to the hugging station. So our big challenge now is that when fall is coming, where are we going to put the hug station inside the building, uh, particularly now when the nursing homes are opening selected visitation in the building in an isolated area. So that's going to be a challenge for us. But seeing how they respond to their loved one makes all the difference. And it was something that maybe cost us $50 to put together, and the hmm. rewards we're getting back is just tremendous for us. You know, the, 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 these photos of these scenes that you talked about, they're, um, they're, they're heartbreaking and just like all good emotions at the same time is, is that you can see a married couple hugging each other for the first time in months, a, a son yeah. with his mom. Tell us about that, you know, for people who can't see the photos right now, for our radio audience. 
Describe the scene. We had some photos taken, and we invited some of our family members that, in, previous to COVID, were very frequent visitors. So we wanted to invite them to participate because they knew we were building the the, the hug station or uh, or the hugging booth, as they like to call it. And so we invited them to come in. And they took pictures, and just to to see them, you, you could just envision yourself actually being back in the nursing home in the old days. And they acted exactly the same. Hello, Ma, good to see you. I love you. And they'd reach out and hug each other. And so to me, that was kind of taking what was before COVID and, and bring it into the present. And then people got so excited about it, more family members called and they wanted to participate um, in, in, in their sessions with their family members. And not one person had anything negative to say after they had a chance to, to hug and embrace their loved ones. So if someone was in a wheelchair, there's holes in the plastic so you could get down in the chair and still hug through the wheelchair. If someone was standing in a walker, there's a, there's a hole higher so that they could hug around the shoulders. Each resident and family member was protected with masks and, and gloves that go from their hand all the way up to their shoulder. So it was really nice they could have a semi-private conversation because we always had a nurse or an aide on hand to make sure that they were they were safe, and they just enjoyed it. It was the barrier disappeared when they saw each other, and even though it's a white PVC pipe and clear plastic, it was it was just an, another way for them to touch their loved one. In return, I think staff got the blessing; they got to have be able to touch their residents in a in an emotional way to see them happy and to hear them laugh that was just made all the difference to us so that's cuck station is going to be up as long as we have good weather and then we'll just face the challenge of how can we bring it inside or make some adjustments but it's really gratifying for us to 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 have that and we're so pleased with the recognition that we've gotten from the community that we're doing something positive and something that I never would have thought it in a million years until I saw it in one of my obscure journals. I think it was a journal from Brazil. And we just said to the maintenance guy, I need you to build that. And he said, come back in a week. And there it was. That's simple. And you can't afford to buy the joy that we have watching family members and embrace and kiss through the plastic. It's just so gratifying. It makes all the difficulties of doing this job and protecting everyone um, so gratifying and rewarding. It's what I come to work for is to see those type of happy residents and, and the joyful staff. It's just COVID's depressing. Everybody's down in the dumps, but when you see them engaging their loved ones on the the hug station, it just it makes it all worthwhile. It's just a wonderful thing to see, and I wish everybody could see it because it just makes me feel good. It's a real Kodak moment. It's 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 beautiful, and one of the uh, you know the lack of contact is is obviously one of the most miserable things about this, and especially when we're talking about not being able to hug a child or or, or a parent. I have to imagine for your residents, um, after after those moments, there must be some lingering effects you you see with them. Well, yeah, there are, and you can see their their emotional attitude. They're uplifted. They they. They carry themselves a little bit differently. That they they have that connection, and it's it's like an elixir of of, of happiness that they haven't had prior. So um, many of our family members come a couple of times a week to to make sure that they have that feeling. So you know, 
at the end of the day, you can have a crappy day, but a good hug and a kiss makes everything all right. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, now, it, it's it's wonderful how you 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 came across this idea in in, in, a, in an obscure journal. Uh, has has word been getting out? I mean, have you heard from any people like your 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 colleagues that that are saying, "Hey, we we want to set well, something like this." This up. morning, we had a call from a, a nursing home in Alabama wanting to know how how we did it and where we got the, the gloves from. And, um, of course, our local newspaper, I don't know if I can say it or not, but they were very helpful in getting the word out. So, And residents, we have some residents who live in our apartments that have their spouse and their loved one here. They talk about it at, at their dinner time. So the community is getting to know we have it, and we're excited to show how we how we put it together and, and the benefits that, that it has. And, you know, just... Make sure you want to go out and stick my arms on a plastic shield and get hugs too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I got to think, Ken. This is going it, to—it's such a great thing that this this has got to spread around. Ken, it's been really great uh, speaking with you. And um, you know, as if, if if you figure out something that you're going to do as uh, as as you if you move move into the colder weather, let's let's stay in touch and would love to see. You know how how you how you keep adapting with this pandemic because it's 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 amazing. Well, that, that would be wonderful. It's, it, it, you know, nursing homes have difficult reputations at times, but it's it's nice when we get recognized for doing good things because that's that's our mission is to take care of our residents who have nowhere else to go, and we love them just like we love our family. We spend more time with our residents than we do sometimes with our own family members, so they become a surrogate family to us. So. Um, and having you know grown up in the nursing homes, it's kind of in my DNA, and my mom's in a nursing home, so I have those sensitivities towards trying to make everyone's life as as best as it possibly can under extremely difficult conditions. Well, Zeb, I know you know we all need a story like this right now, so thank you so much for sharing this with us. Well, it's been my pleasure to be able to tell the story, and I'm very grateful for your interest in telling it with me. That's Ken Strong. He's the administrator of the Dwyer Home, an independent living facility in Weymouth. We've been talking about their hugging booth. Thanks for listening to In It Together, the podcast from WGBH News in Boston. You can check out full episodes on 89.7 FM if you're in the Boston area, or you can stream online at wgbhnews.org. You can find past episodes there as well. Our show is produced by Amanda Beeland and Matt Baskin. Our technical director is Bill Piacitelli. All music is written and produced by Elio DeLuca. See you tomorrow, and remember, we're all in this together.